the very first step in that brand differentiation is to understand why you, what you yourself bring to that table. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Smart Agents Podcast. My name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. Today we are joined by sales and marketing strategy consultant, Kirian Therakin. After spending time in the commercial real estate industry himself, Kirian shifted focus to marketing. Throughout our conversation, Kirian shares his top tips for real estate agents and entrepreneurs alike to build a rock solid brand and set themselves apart from the competition. Now, before we get on to the day's featured interview, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Amazon Music. Also, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Click the bell to get notifications when each new episode is uploaded. And lastly, if you or someone else on your team has an awesome story or tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to today's featured interview with Carrie and Therakin. You can find Kirian's book, The Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell, on Amazon. And at the end of our conversation, we'll share how you could get a free copy. You know, the way I like to start everything out is have you introduce yourself a little bit to us, uh, who you are, kind of where you're at in the world, and uh, what you do. Mike, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, so my name is Kirian Therakin, and I am a sales and marketing strategy consultant way up here in Canada. And I think the reason you and I got together is that uh, we, uh, I reached out to you. Uh, just mm-hmm. I saw your show, and I thought that was kind of a cool thing. I was in the commercial real estate business many years ago, uh, right outside of university and such, and uh, always enjoyed that business. And it always struck me that uh, you know the average uh, real estate agent uh, did not really take advantage of the tools available to them to really brand themselves as being different. And branding at its core is about differentiation. And so over the last, you know, so that was one of my first jobs uh, out of university. Uh, I spent seven, eight years in the commercial real estate business. And I eventually got into the marketing business and then the sales and marketing business. I've run uh, sales and marketing teams for a number of different companies, uh, one of which was a enterprise class software company. And, you know, small little company, very large client. So how does that, uh, how does a little company Company like like this, you know, a tiny business uh, located in the tower uh, in downtown Edmonton, uh, get clients like Microsoft and Johnson and Johnson. And it, the only way you can do that is by having super deep differentiation in your brand and also being a niche that you can dominate. That's always a good thing as well, right? But the differentiation is the big thing. Uh, I eventually, and, and I'm not as young as I look. You know, I'm in my late fifties right now, and so the, for the past thirty plus years. Uh, I've been slowly maneuvering my way through the uh, sales and marketing uh, channels. And in the last 10, 12 years, I've been working with a ton of startups, a lot of startup companies. And the vast majority of, of these startup businesses, uh, they are run by uh, PhDs and engineers and scientists. And they find themselves in a position where they have to now sell their products and their ideas to investors and partners and suppliers, let alone to the marketplace. And they didn't want to be perceived as being salesy. That's not what they went and got their PhD for. So we came up with a uh, program uh, just to get them to be able to deliver their message in a way that was not salesy, but still had that oomph 
to deliver that differentiation and that value proposition in a way that creates opportunities for them. So when I discovered your uh, podcast, you know, this is exactly the same struggle that uh, especially new agents coming into the business have. You know, how do you differentiate yourself? And so all of that, um, all of those realizations, I, it came together in a book I wrote a couple of years ago called The Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell. And that was published in January 2020. I've got a couple of copies back here. You probably see it right there. And it's a very simple framework to go out and deliver this brand message so that people see you differently and, and in a different light, in a different value proposition than all the other hopefully commoditized now uh, brokers in your business. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's talking about those, those startups and having to kind of, uh, you know, the PhDs and the folks that, you know, a lot of times when they are, bringing their product to, um, to market, you know, they know a whole lot about it. They're really excited about it, but they don't know how to sell it. And, and the same thing for real estate agents, you know, they are going after these houses. They're trying to get this listing, but they don't know how to sell themselves and connect. I think that's absolutely correct. You know, um, the, the great advantage that a 30-year veteran has in the in the real estate business is that they have a 30-year track record. <laughs> and you know, and they they know everybody and they know the properties and they know the marketplaces. And that is something that on the face of it, you know, the lawyers call it prima facie. On the face of it, uh, that is so evident when you have a 25-year-old fresh-faced rookie uh, come in next door to them, right? So how do you differentiate that fresh-faced rookie in a way that is going to be substantially different than that 30-year-old vet? Uh, Because you're paying the same amount of uh, money, you know, whether it's a seven and three or whatever else it is, right? And so the tendency is to gravitate to the old guy. And, and take advantage of his existing social networks and, you know, and market knowledge and the ability to, you know, withstand, uh, what is it, uh, the railings of a vendor, <laughs> let alone somebody who's trying to buy and be able to push back, you know. And those are the kinds of things that uh, new, new rookies are, are up against. Right. And so when, you know, when that new rookie is coming in, what are those kind of first steps that they need to start taking to start building that personal brand? Because I think a lot of it goes down to actually looking inward and figuring out what story you want to tell. Absolutely. And, you know, I I think the biggest thing is that uh, rookies, uh, especially young rookies uh, or rookies, period, um, we'll go with that, is, is that if you're going to be in this business for a long time, you have a relentless drive to succeed. And I remember starting out, you know, in the commercial real estate business, as I, as I mentioned earlier, and that first year, you know, and this is way back in the mid 80s <laughs> and the way uh, late 80s. And this is, you know, going through the commercial uh, listings and cold calling that dry cleaner and the restaurateur and you know, all these different types of people. And I was in the retail leasing business. And, you know, more than once in that first year, and I was uh, assigned to uh, one of the senior partners there, and uh, more than once in the first year, uh, through those cold calls, I'm hung up on, I am not t- talked to very nicely, all that kind of thing. And that was very debilitating, <laughs> super debilitating at that time. And, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really, what's it, uh, a great uh, boost to your ego in the process. But about a year in, I discovered something about myself. And that was, you know what? 
I've gotten to know this marketplace. I know who is moving in, who is moving out, what the landlords are doing for incentives, what the rental rates are. You would have to be a bloody idiot to not want to talk to me. (laughs) You would have to be an idiot. And at that moment, a little switch went off in my brain. A little on switch went off and my confidence rose by, you know, 20 times. Mm -hmm. And the next call I made, I went in as an authority. I only had a year under my belt, but I had one more year than anybody else I was talking to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And again, and I had market knowledge in that year and I had deal knowledge in that year. And that confidence came up like this 20 times. No one hung up on me in the next 20, 20, 30 years. I had one guy after. I was in, I spent 12 years in the mergers and acquisitions business, buying companies, selling companies, raising capital. So I was in my mid-40s at that time. But in the 20s, you know, in those years after in the commercial real estate business, no one hung up on me. In my 40s, when I was uh, selling this one company, I was with uh, a big uh, accounting firm at that time, a national accounting firm. And I was representing this multi-million dollar business. And I called up a, uh, a potential buyer, cold called uh, in uh, Ontario to see whether they wanted to buy it. And the guy said, and I introduced myself. Hi, Kieran Therick, and I'm with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, right? And, I, and he hung up, not interested. And I hung up on And I looked at the phone and I said, you are a bloody idiot. <laughs> and the reason why is he doesn't know who I am. I could right. be his biggest customer's son. I could be his next biggest customer. You know, you would have to be an idiot. So this, the very first step in that brand differentiation is to understand why you, what you yourself bring to that table. So it's everything from market knowledge to deal knowledge to character. Character is a big one, especially when you are starting out. And in the entrepreneurs that I work with, you know, they are, they are often subject matter experts, but I'm also looking for whether they have a relentless drive to succeed. You know, and that's what's going to carry you through some of the you know, darkest uh, moments is that relentlessness to keep moving forward. And you know, buyers can see this, sellers can see this, and that's what they're looking for. Right. So when you talk about that, how how do you you know kind of present that so that a buyer or a seller sees that that that's not something that you're you know that oh you know every agent says you're always going to be there for me you're going to answer everything sure. you're going to always do that I mean when it comes down to it that's kind of been everybody's marketing pitch but how do you actually show that Well I'll tell you when not to show it and when not to show it is when you bu- meet that buyer or seller for the first time that's the wrong place to show it and I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I do a lot of blog writing and I've got a great little article about uh, how to uh, increase your persuasiveness by some you know, astronomical percentage. I got to go back and look at it. And I use the example of a uh, Boeing 747 jet, massive thrust uh, in these four huge, huge turbofan engines, Rolls Royce turbofan engines, right? And it takes about a mile and a half to get this Boeing 747 off the jet off the runway, a mile and a half. In a perfect world, you'll give a mile and a half a runway. Sometimes you can do it in a mile. You know what you can't do it in? You can't do it in 600 feet. And, and that's what the average salesperson, that's what the average realtor tries to do, tries to get this massive lift in the customer's imagination, okay, into the sky of possibility in 600 feet. 
You can't do it. It's really tough. And if you can, I want to meet you. I'd love to know your secret. So that mile and a half, you know, the 600 feet is when you meet them. The remainder of that mile and a half is all the priming runway that you have to send them advanced materials, not only on the, uh, the projects you're working on, but also on yourself and the bad. Who are they meeting? What's the background? You know, what's, what, what is your experience? And if you are a rookie, you sort of say that, but you do it in a, in a meaningful way. And you do it in the following kind of thing, right? You were rookie of the year, or you have, you know, you have seven uh, listings uh, that you have been able to sell in the last, you know, uh, six months. And people will then see that you have that drive and you have that passion and you have that ability to take their property forward in, in, in a way that the old guy may not be able to. A lot of people right. want to give, give that opportunity to the new people. Right. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I see um, that you talk about is actually, you know, discovering your customers' hidden motivations. I think that's really important because your approach to dealing with each person is going to be dependent on what their motivation is. Yeah. You know, uh, what did, um, I forget who said this. I, I don't know. James Pierpont Morgan. Uh, and he's, he's talking a little sexist at the time, but a man always has uh, two reasons for doing anything, a good reason and the real reason. <laughs> and so you're going to get to that real reason. And so what is that hidden motive? And the hidden motives, uh, and you know, you have to not only pay attention to what they're saying, but what they're not saying as well. And if you've been in the marketplace for any length of time, you know, there's a certain set of things that you have to have in order for deals to come together. So you look at what people are avoiding, what people are you know, gravitating to, and you interpolate between those data points to figure out what is the lens that this individual is, um, is uh, viewing the world through. I've done more than one deal because people like me. <laughs> Not, it, it, that's it. Because people like me, you know, they like me for some reason. And that's not, and, and it's nothing that I've had to change about myself, but it's something that I have to provide them the opportunity to absorb, not in that 600 feet, trying to get them off the runway, but in that mile and a half. And there's plenty of opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, in the six months of priming that marketplace to the three months that you're starting to go, uh, target a specific property to the month and a half where you're signing up the listing and moving the marketplace forward. There's tons of opportunity. You're, you should always be in that branding business. Absolutely. And when it comes to that, you know, the finding that motivation, a lot of it, it just comes down to listening and kind of stop talking for a moment and really kind of listen to what they're talking about. Uh, the listening, uh, one of my earliest uh, sales mentors, I, I hesitate to call him that because I didn't like him very much, <laughs> but he has a good points. And uh, he said, Karrion, and you know, I, I tend to talk a lot. Karrion, God gave you two ears and one mouth. <laughs> Therefore, you should listen twice as much as you speak. And uh, I was probably a lot more yappy back then. But uh, uh, at, at this point in time, you know, silence is your friend. Ask a question and let silence promote and instigate the, the, the responses that are really driving the motives uh, that, uh, is, that is provoking the situation, right? Uh, to come to a conclusion or, or even falling apart because that's how you're going to discover how to pull it back together. Right. I want to touch on another, you know, when it comes to real estate, 
in particular, you know, a lot of times when people are starting out, they go to those larger, you know, branded brokerages and everybody, you know, thinks, oh, I have this nice big logo that I'm kind of behind, but that's not going to do it for you. It's really creating that personal brand. So, you know, how do you try to get people to really step out and become their personal brand rather than hiding behind, you know, the list of large logos? The this is true of almost any company, right? Uh, I can't buy Chase. Now I can't. I can't buy Chase. I can only buy an individual banker at Chase that has the ability, the stroke, to be able to get a deal done. You know, if I'm doing a commercial loan, for example, right? Uh, I remember when we were placing loans up here uh, in 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 town. Uh, even though we had the same bank. We would choose a very specific branch of that bank. If we had an ag loan, we'd only take it to one branch of that bank bank because they were specialists in ag loans, right? And then there's an individual there that had the stroke to pull the deal together. So you don't walk in through the front door. Well, that's the same kind of situation. Now, so if I'm choosing one individual at a branch, not only does that individual have brand resonance with me, but then the branch has brand resonance with me and then the institution and it falls in that order. So if, if you are a Remaxer, okay, if you're with Remax or Century 21 or whatever else it is, that's just the institution backing the promises that you are making, right? If something fraudulent happens, I can go to Remax. But Remax isn't getting the deal done. You are. So the idea of what I'm buying into, what am I buying into? Your character, your experience, and your knowledge, and experience doesn't have to be, you know, like I don't want to deal with a rookie that's been uh, on the street for a day. That's kind of tough, right? But at the moment of three months, you have three more months more experience than I do. And if you have six months, every, you know, at the beginning, it's almost an exponential curve of value that you are delivering uh, to that customer the next time you meet them. Right. And when it comes to, you know, that personal branding, it's all about getting your, you know, getting your brand out there. So being as visible as possible. So what tips do you have there to making sure that, you know, your market visibility is maximized? The easiest thing to do is to do something as simple as a short blog, Mm -hmm. like a super short blog. And here's an example, just off the top of my head. I'm always curious about things uh, that are happening in the marketplace today. Like, what's my condo? I'm sitting in my condo right now in downtown Edmonton. You know, what's my condo worth today? I know it's worth a little less than it was last year because of the market conditions, right? Where is it going to go? So those kind of prognostications are always interesting to me. But what's more interesting than just just where the future is going is also how do I maximize the value of my property in this market, in this neighborhood? So here's an example. Here's the last three listings that sold in this neighborhood. And then if you started telling me why they sold at the price they sold, what was the reason for that? Are you know, massive closets and built-ins the thing now? Okay, is the reason why, uh, what is it, uh, this property sold below market is the whole place was decked in 1970s oak. 
You know, that's entirely possible, right? You know, I, I read a great article one about uh, real estate and uh, how SAF, the SAF factor, really nailed home uh, whether something was appealing on the face of it. We go back to this prima facie thing the lawyers talk about, on the face of the evidence. And that is on site. Wow, I need to buy this. When, when, when my wife and I, and I walked into this place, you know, and she saw the jacuzzi tub in the, in the back, she grabbed me by the collar and said, I want this. <laughs> I want this. And it was it was that trigger. Everything else was good until the jacuzzi top and bang, you know, lust is triggered. So I want to know what those kind of things are. So the SAF factor is style, art, fashion. So the SAF factor is continually moving. So what was considered style, art, fashion, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago is maybe coming back to that. I, I don't know 60s, 70s <laughs> type of looks are coming back to it, but, you know, it keeps moving. So that SAF factor, some of those things that really drive that immediate resonance, that emo- immediate emotional appeal. If you were to become an expert on what's moving buyers to buy today, right, and even offer the insight and you know, you're not going to be appealing to everybody that reads that little blog post. And I'm not talking 50 paragraphs. I'm talking about four. I'm talking about three, about what's working today. I'm reading your blog. That is what's going to happen. I'll tell you what I don't read. I'll tell you what I don't read. You know, and I've I've got my own realtor. I've probably done three deals with her over the years. I like her and I keep getting the stuff in the mail, you know, it's from her and I throw it in the, uh, in the, what do you call it? Um, into the recycling. The moment I'm talking about valuations and what's moving and all those kinds of things, I'm always interested in what's happening, right? And so you got to trigger, you got to be able to deliver value to that customer, even when they're not buying. Right. You know, so how do you deliver those kind of value uh, points, even when there's cash not being transacted? And that kind of information is going to be something that really sets you apart uh, with uh, with everybody else, well, from everybody else. And here's the best part about it. Out of 100 people that might be listening here today, 1,000 people that might be listening here today, 1.5% of you are going to take me up on that advice. So right. the marketplace right. is still going to be very uncrowded <laughs> for you to differentiate yourself. <laughs> right. And when I think about, you know, just thinking, uh, you know, on that what made something sell idea, it's so easy to walk through your listing after it is sold and shoot a quick little video and say, oh. this is what, this is what our buyers keyed in on. Yeah. And you know, that's yeah. a piece and of content. That- do you ever watch these uh, real estate shows where uh, people uh, hit, set up a hidden camera and uh, you know, and they take the vendor out of the house and they set up the hidden camera and let people just wander in and the house is all mic'd up and uh, you get to hear their real thoughts on what the house is all about. And, you know, oh, this place is really dark. Wow. 70s, you know, uh, shag carpet, you know, and you get to hear all these kind of what they're and at the beginning. It's sort of it, it's kind of hurtful at the beginning because this is your home. Right. right? <laughs> but they're also telling you immediately how to improve the value, the perceived value of that home, because, you know, home purchases are as much about imagination and evoking imagination and and an emotional purchase than it is about the hard facts of, you know, what the comparatives are in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it, this is it, that's a whole different between between a house and a home. That is yeah. the whole difference. Right. And so evoking that emotion, when you see those uh, hidden camera comments, 
They're giving you the recipe to actually build value immediately with some very small changes. Right, right. Kind of moving on a little bit. I just want to talk to you about, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the newer agent, the rookie agent. Yeah. Before that agent that is looking to start their own brokerage, kind of bring on their own people. How, yeah. do they, how can they be an effective leader in bringing in people and training them to brand themselves and market themselves? So what kind of tools can they give them? I think the, here's, the, here's the real thing about branding. The very first uh, thing that anybody buys from you, and I don't care what you're selling. I don't care what you are selling. Uh, computers, televisions, homes, companies. The very first thing that anybody buys from you is the big idea. Okay, which then translates into a series of core messages, which then translates into a strategic narrative. Okay, and the strategic narrative has as its has the customer as its hero. Okay, and that hero is now in a place that is current to, and they want to get into some kind of a transformation to get to some kind of future state that's, that's going to be different and better and, and just great. And so you then become the fairy godmother, the, uh, the wizard that grants this magic potion, the amulet, the incantation to allow that transformation to take place, right? So that's what you are. So in your example, that is now the, uh, the broker or the agent. I, you know, it depends on what the jurisdictions you are, right. Right? but the owner of, right. the, of the agency. So at that point in time, uh, you have to take a look at the kind of agents you are attracting. So if you're uh, attracting the grizzled vet with uh, five years left, they're going to have a set of different motives than if you're uh, building in, a, I'm sorry, attracting a bunch of rookies. And you have to treat those as completely different segments, mm-hmm. completely different segments, right? Now, 30-year vet, probably has an established brand, doesn't need a lot of help from the agency, but needs somebody to carry their license and things like that. The young broker, you know, I'm sorry, the young agent, just, you know, a year into and things like that, they're still trying to figure things out. And so the mentorship and the ability to to tap tools that allow them to build their own brand. And so what is that brand? So you have to come up with a story that Bob has, which is different than Sally, and encourage them to be different. Yeah, and Sally may specialize in young families. That's her brand. Okay, and Bob might specialize in retirement living. That's his brand. And part of the issue that people have is that when they specialize, they think they are leaving a good chunk of the marketplace uh, on the table and they want to still capture. You know what? You can do that, but what you're really doing is not capturing all of the vertical that you could possibly catch it because you're so deluded across the board. Oh yeah, I can sell you anything. It's not as good as I'm a specialist uh, in condominium living. We used to have a lady in town here and I I will tell you the story. We used to have a lady in town here by the name of Connie Kennedy and Connie's Mm -hmm. gone now, but I saw her name left and right. You know, I did not use her, uh, associate her name with, uh, what is it? What is it? um, Estates or mm-hmm. new family homes, or, you know, multi-strata, or whatever it is. You know? mm-hmm. She was the condo queen. <laughs> she was absolutely condo queen. She knew every condominium uh, building in town, mm-hmm. and it, I'd never met her before, but she, I knew Connie Kennedy was the condo queen. One day, I'm the, and I'm the condo board president in my, mm-hmm. in my uh, condo complex. One day, I get a call 
from Connie Kennedy. And I was so the status <laughs> that, whoa, <laughs> Connie Kennedy is calling me. And it's because I'd seen her name for 30 years. And she had such a tightly defined brand that the brand luster, the brand halo, I'm paying attention to what Connie's saying. I want to help her out. I want to get her the condo documents, lickety split, because she had that kind of brand luster. Yeah. I think, you know, and the specializing, I think it's really, it's interesting now because as, as things have evolved, we're seeing that more um, kind of that boutique and that more specialized, you know, business come to light. It's not so generalized anymore. People are really able to have these more boutique brands. I was just, I talked to um, the gentleman not too long ago that they, they're uh, based in, um, based out in Montana or Idaho, I think. And they specialize or Boise, Idaho, that's it. And they specialize in all the mid-century modern homes. That's what they do. And they crush it. They, you know, and because everybody knows if that's what I'm looking for, these are the guys I'm going to. These are the, so you have to be that specialization, you know, again, is, is a knowledge, is experience. Is it just a whole bunch of young, you know, relentless rookies that are just going to cover the market for you? What is it? You know, whatever that specialization is, uh, that's what people really want to buy into. I have a digital marketing agency here, here in Edmonton, and uh, uh, it's uh, and this is outside of my, my personal company. So I've got a couple mm-hmm. of young partners. I'm the senior partner. I'm 20 years older than my partners, right? A little bit more gray hair than them. 35 years older than the average rank and file. The moment we declared ourselves to be a Shopify marketing agency. So we only work with Shopify merchants. Our our demand took off. We de- and so we only work with merchants now on the Shopify platform. You're not on the Shopify platform. We don't work with you. And it is a completely different experience, not only for the merchants that are coming to us right now, you know, trying to get their e-commerce store up and running and moving forward, but also for us, it is the resistance uh, is so low and the demand is so high. It's a completely different business. So the specialization is what did that for us. And you're going to find that you're, that's going to work equally as well for you. Right. Well, you know, the way this conversation is going, I know we could talk for hours and have so much great information coming from you, but, you know, tell me about where people can find your book to get more information from you and kind of get more of these tips. Sure. Uh, so the book is called The Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell. You can find it on Amazon, Amazon.com, Amazon Japan, Amazon Canada. Uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, uh, there's a hardcover and there's Kindle. The Kindle is only $3.49. You know, I just wanted to get the information out there. It's a great little simple model that anybody can use, right? And what you're going to find is that people can only understand their world through the stories they tell themselves about it. And, there, and the opposite is also true. People can only understand you through the stories that they tell themselves about you. Here's the problem, okay? The stories they tell themselves about you, if you don't guide that narrative, they're going to make up their own story. It may not be the story you want. So you want to take the opportunity to prime that audience with exactly the narrative that is, is most beneficial to you. So it's available on Amazon, but I'll t- I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, uh, Mike. Uh, for the first five of your listeners that uh, email me at curian at strategypeak.com, uh, and uh, I'll get you, the, uh, get you some assets for your show notes, uh, I'm going to send them a free Kindle copy of the book. Perfect. Awesome. We really appreciate it. And, you know, like I said, this conversation is, uh, it's very interesting to me because it crosses so many different industries. Sales is sales 
no matter what, what you're selling. And that personal branding really does, you know, touch on every one of those. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Right. Uh, you can only experience the uh, business through the representative that you have first and then the products that they deliver. Right. And uh, the rep is the, the conduit for instilling that emotional resonance, the confidence, the ability to see yourself, the imagination of possessing that product service, or in your case, a home, you know, and if they can't do those kind of things, if they can't get in front of you, which is the differentiation part, they're not going to have the ability to do that. So specialize, and that's the way to brand differentiation. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mike, thanks a lot. Uh, I've had fun. I want to thank Karen for joining us today. And I really appreciate how enthusiastically he shares his tips and advice for separating yourself from the crowd. Again, be sure to check out his book, The 7 Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell. I've added a link in the episode description. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an awesome story or a tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. But remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.